1: You know what that means? Welcome to Mystery of Parenthood. Please do take a moment and slow down as we uh, as we talk about parenthood and all things Catholic. Let's uh, begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. St. John Paul II, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we have got a special show today. We've got... Um, Sarah Bartell is back on. We have Thaddeus in the house, who's now just trying to get my uh, so I didn't stay on track because I frequently get off track um, on my timing. And um, anyway, we're going to talk today. I thought it was really cool, because I think it sounds like each one of us, as we talked before the show uh, I'll, we'll be having Sarah on here in just a second, but I just frame this love the readings and the homilies from this past Sunday. I, I don't know when this airs. this is being taped, maybe it's the sunday before the 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 lost coin, the lost sheep, and the twenty fourth sunday the twenty fourth Sunday of September fifteenth uh, but you know what I think and i and I'll ask sarah this and and Thaddeus when when we get started, but one of the things I think is important is that we should be able to look at readings. This is a form of you know prayer and study to sit around and talk and what can we learn? for our parenting from how god is because ultimately as mystery parenthood has always we've always said that as a sacrament of sorts at least as a sign we're meant to try to mirror to the extent that it's possible as a human and obviously falling well short but to mirror the god who has chosen to make us an image of himself and so i think Looking at this as he explains, as Jesus tells these parables, there are things that we can glean from it and say, hey, we ought to try this or do that. But anyway, I don't think I digress, but I maybe went a little bit too far there. So, Sarah Bartell, her <laughs> mainly just to, get, just to get Thaddeus to laugh a little bit. <laughs> Sarah, I welcome. I love it.
2: Oh, hey, thank you. Great to be here.
1: Yeah, we uh, – have you ever – I mean – what are your thoughts with regard to i guess two things one, or at least kind of how do you look at it? The idea that we should be attempting to try to get behind how God has revealed himself and then apply that in some practical way to the way we parent i guess that that would be one and then how do you use scripture in in your um you know because that's what we're gonna try to do is read through three stories and see if there is there any application um and there certainly is that we can apply with our own children as we try to raise them and with our own parenting. That's yeah, a-
2: absolutely. Well, um it's such a call to be a mother and a father after God's heart in these this reading of the the lost son, the prodigal uh-huh. son. Right. Uh, so I've heard people say, really, it's the prodigal father. Yes. Here. The father's the one who's extravagant. And
3: exactly. kind
2: of like wasteful in the amount of chances he gives right. to this son. And that's such a call to me as a mom and to all of us as, as parents, Christian, Catholic parents, to be so generous in our love for our children, which just, that's just a way to stretch and grow all the time, you know, yes. more than I feel like I should. Right, him. right. You know, how many times do I have to ask my kids to remember to pick up their, you know, their books when they leave them around or whatever? Um, you oh, know, the book! Don't I have a right to sound oh. a little annoyed when I ask the fifth time, but no, you know, the, <laughs> spa, the prodigal father does not show one little trace of annoyance. Of I told you so. Of how did that work out for you doing it your own way? Yeah, right, listen. right. No, he's he's so generous. I'm sure so nice. I'm sure
1: Thaddeus would act that way, but I, I promise I would fall short of that.
2: Isn't <laughs> <it>? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but no, I think that's one of the things I, I did a Bible study with, with my oldest Not my oldest, the one that's in college now In a group, it was, I guess, CCO And, and that I had never heard it put that way But it is true That the definition of prodigal is to be extravagant And then if you're looking at who's truly extravagant here Who's who's actually reckless to a certain extent It's the, the father Because, you know, we're tempted as fathers to say Man, you know yeah, you know what? Welcome back. We love him, but we got to make sure he understands that he's screwed up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he uh,
2: learned his lesson.
1: Yeah, and I, don't, you know, I think that tends to be the way that um, the the way that I, unfortunately, sometimes hand handle that. Thaddeus, you you always handle well, it just like I.
0: No, <laughs> I always almost. I think- Fall in your, in your footsteps, Trey. Yeah, I, yeah. I get exasperated very easily. I lose my patience very easily. I have a, a streak of a very small streak
1: of anger. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that, that. Well, I'm kind of like that. So, anyway, what you were thinking to say, Sarah? I'm but sorry.
2: you know what? I like grace changes you over time because I used to be um, more angry with my kids years ago and really prayed about it, really asked God to help me conquer the house. I was, I'm sorry to say this and hear it's going out on r- radio, but I would yell at my kids kind of a lot actually, mm-hmm. um, you know, like short fuse yes. and truly God's grace did help me overcome that. And it's been like several years actually since I've really lost my temper like that. Um, so I'm just so thankful that he's there to, to help. Like, first he shows us, you know, okay, look, he, you know, you really do need me, and then he, he helps us. Um, so uh, I just want to put that out there for any other moms or dads who are, you know, who are are in that struggle, that you really keep at it because God really can transform you.
1: In in a Catholic, truly Christian sense of what grace is, I mean, is that, that, it, that, that his grace actually does cover up, he doesn't just forgive us, he actually helps us overcome that, right? I mean, he helps us become who we couldn't be separate from his grace, right?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. So, anyway.
0: Hey, um, Sarah, do you have any objection to maybe starting us off by talking a little bit about the sermon that you, you heard this Sunday and you said that that really hit home with you? And maybe we can use that oh, as a a next stepping stone in in our discussion.
2: I'd love to. My my pastor is just a humble, holy, good man. He's a a big guy who used to be in the army, and so he's just got a folksy way to telling the stories. And he was telling us um, about you know for because the, the this reading from the twenty fourth Sunday from Luke um, starts with the parable of the lost. Is it the lost coin first? No, it's the sheep first. first the sheep. The yeah. lost sheep, the one that goes astray, and the the shepherd leaves the 99. And then you go to the lost coin, and it's a woman who is looking for the coin in her house and finds it and then throws a party when she finds it. And then the lost son, the son is lost, and then he comes back, and there's great rejoicing. And he said, you know, that which of us would throw a party if we found a penny, you know, on the floor, under the couch? You know, it, it comes to a point where... It really costs you more in the wear and tear on your body and your energy and your your time and effort to bend down and pick it up than the value that you're getting from that penny. He says, "If it's me, I you know I leave a couple of them until there's a, a few of them on the floor before." <laughs> Maybe he comes he'll pay to for
1: it, right?
2: <laughs> I know, but he said, "But that's not the father." For the father, and we are that penny. We're worth his time to come and pick us up, and that just the way he said it. Uh you know, this just kind of, like I said, big masculine guy, but saying this was just this, this sincerity and tenderness. I felt like I am that penny. You know, I'm beloved to the father, even though I'm just a little, you know, I throw pennies away. I hate clutter in my house and I just hate stuff laying around. And so a lot of times if I see like a penny, instead of <laughs> putting it away in my wallet, it's just easier for me to toss it in the trash. Right. But yeah. for God. No, he gathers us up and treasures us and loves us, and it really moved me to tears the way he mm. was just you know helping us understand the father's heart in this, so that was really you, really inspirational Do for you me. find
1: uh, there seems always to be this tension that i that as I'm hearing you say this, that it it really is only worth a penny in 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 an absolute sense. But then it's so valuable to God. And then maybe there's, a, there's that tension that we say, look, we are a, a finite being. We are sinners. We are all these. Th-. But even given all that, where, where we are, God is still searching for us. He's still reaching out for us. And he still rejoices and throws a party when they find that. And that seems to be – not, you're, not, you're trying to, not trying to convince yourself that, hey, I'm really worth – a lot more than I than I am because I think there's a maybe I don't know what that is whether that's a false pride or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But but even though I am not, you know, worth a lot, air quotes on, on worth a lot, I'm worth so much to a God who gave his whole gave his son for us. Uh, is that a tension you think? I mean you know what I'm saying? It seems to me like there's some tension between, hey, it's a penny, but it's worth a party. Is that, yeah. does that? And it
2: doesn't, the math doesn't really add up. And so do you mean to like the sort of sense of false self-esteem, like the world's always trying to say, hey, you're little so special.
1: Right. I, but, I think that's what I mean. I, You know, that sometimes I think the answer for us is, okay, we got to convince ourselves we're better than maybe we actually are in order to kind of justify, hey, we're worth something as opposed to we're worth everything to God so much that we can look at the cross and, and see how much we're worth to him. Simultaneous. We're still just dust to dust, ashes to ashes. Right. Yeah. I think maybe what you're getting at too, Trey is that
0: um, we need to keep, we need to keep that perspective of how we sit in relationship to God. I mean, God does, he does love us unconditionally and he did come down and, in the incarnation and save us through his death on the cross. But I think sometimes we we still have a tendency to maybe draw that space between us and God a yeah, lot closer. I don't closer. know. It's really
1: hard to do. I don't even know if that, what's the right answer to that. But we're,
0: we're, you know, we're, we're distant and so, we're so small compared, compared to him and so, so insignificant that we need to we need to keep our proper relationships. Do you think there's that, anything
1: there, sir? I don't. It's kind of I I I don't know. It's just interesting to me to to think that he the what he uses as an example is these of not very much worth from a human like from a secular standpoint, not worth a lot. But and that's and there's some reality there. But then on the flip side, worth so much that we throw a party way more than. What even it makes sense. Is there something there or am I just talking?
2: (laughs) I think I think this parable, these three parables together that Uh Jesus shares in this passage in Luke, it's really teaching us that God's way of calculating is not mathematical. It's not our way of calculating. Right. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. One Ninety-nine sheep decide to go look for the one who would throw a party that's going to cost you, you know, what $50, forty or fifty dollars to feed your friends and have some decorations for, you know, finding a penny. And then same thing with the son who is Lot, the prodigal son or prodigal father. He has taken half his father's property, and then when he comes back, the father dips into the other half, which really should go to the good, rule-abiding older son. He dips into that wealth to throw a party. For the return of his lost son, he's diminishing. You know, it just doesn't add up mathematically, but I think the key is what the father in the prodigal son parable says to the oldest son. He says, everything I have is yours. There's no real loss for God. Like when he gives his son, his most precious, precious, beloved son, Jesus, on the cross to save us, that's the hugest loss. God the Father could ever, you know, could ever sustain, the biggest sacrifice he could ever make is to see his precious son suffer like that and, and lose him. But yet there's this mystery of love such that that on the other side of that loss, there's an infinite gain, and, and our soul, to be with him for all eternity, that's worth it. That, that's the gain. So I think there's just something there to remind us. The way that we're calculating, right. we need to change that. We need to see the incredible value in the small. And, um, you know, that brings me back to how I learned not to yell at my children. I think I was calculating it as I'm so frustrated. I have this expectation and I've taught you what you're supposed to do, you know, whether it's putting your shoes away or, you know, whatever. I don't even remember what I used to yell at them about. Right. But when I realized, oh, my job in life, my the reason I'm alive and I'm their mom right now is not... Like, ultimately, it's not to teach them to put their shoes away, though, you know, that would be such a nice <laughs> blessing. Ultimately, it's out how to teach them how to love, yeah. how to teach them they are loved. And the way I speak to them, the way I relate to them, that's more important than whether the shoes get put away. It's whether they know they're beloved and whether they can be a patient, loving, kind person also. And I'm, I'm modeling that in this moment and how I choose to show up in this moment. So, seeing things in a new way, calculating it in a different way, helped me with that change. I think that's the key in this.
1: Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I hadn't thought about that, but I think that's exactly dead on.
0: I, I think along those lines, something that Robin and I, my wife and I, kind of committed ourselves to a few years back. I don't remember how exactly how long ago, but we, like you, want the shoes put away and the books oh my put God. away. And, yes. you know, we want. <laughs> we want the order in the house and and there's something to be said for having an orderly house. But anyway, what we decided to try to do is to try to do less um, yelling and more showing, which is I'm going to get down on the floor and start the picking up and and do it and hopefully bring them along by example and be able Mm -hmm. to say that, you know, I didn't make this mess, but I'm willing to get down on the floor and and help you get it done. Just like your little brother made this mess, but I want you to get down on the floor <laughs> and help him out and get him started and and realize that. I hope hopefully we we are ho- we're hoping that 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 re- helps them understand eventually that. Hey, everything that I've ever done for for somebody else, someone else was doing doing for me before I even got started doing for, for others. Absolutely. So kind of that, everything is a, everything is a gift to me. Uh, It's going, it's going only moderately well at this point, but (laughs) But in terms of accomplishing the, of accomplishing the order
1: in the house. (laughs) Yeah. But, but I think, I think the, the, um, And I've always had to try, and we've always tried to keep this in mind, is you're after the heart of the child. Yeah. You're not after the outward behavior first. Um, The outward behavior is good, but I mean, from a parental standpoint, if you say, okay, I want to be after their heart, not just them getting the room cleaned up and they're not in trouble, but after... Hey, this is about a relationship. We're all working. I mean, my, my father helped me, my, you know, you're helping your brother, your sister, and we're all this group of people who are all learning and that that's more important than actually what we're accomplishing, that, that we're doing this together. We're doing it for one another and that that's breeding kind of that culture of it's your heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you you think on that? Any comments on that from Sarah? I love that. Yeah. I
2: yeah. I realize I I would rather have my have my children um, know that they're loved and feel uh, peaceful and be able to offer peace than to be afraid but compliant. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And you know that's one thing. I don't know if it's built because you know I look at my dad and my mom. I'm just looking at my at my and 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 I don't. I mean, maybe once or twice I remember them getting a and I got and I was fearful. But I mean I I think I attributed more fear than probably was due Mm -hmm. to them. Maybe I don't know Mm -hmm. why that is. And I think that my kids sometimes maybe there there's more fear involved. And I find myself even today translating that into even how I look at God and how I may be failing there and there's fear involved in that. And there's really nothing about this God. <laughs> I mean, obviously, the fear of God in 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 a sense of recognizing who He is, but a fear that's like a fear of punishment, a fear of whatever. One of the my favorite images is from Therese of Lisieux, who talks about when you when you sin, when you sin, she likes to think like a little kid. Instead of running and hiding, run and she said, and run to the Father and ask Him to punish you with a kiss. <laughs> You know, yes. this sense of, of reaching up back towards that God as opposed to hiding, as opposed to what Adam and Eve did, running back yeah. and saying, I I've, I've failed you, knowing that his mercy is that infinite. He just wants a contrite heart. He doesn't want anything else. What else could you do for him <laughs> other than turn back around? The only thing that keeps you, I guess— And we remind our kids, the only thing that keeps you from me is you actively saying, I'm not going to come back to you, either because you're embarrassed, because you're afraid, because of whatever else. It's always something that I'm holding on to as a child that says, I'm not going back to the father because he would never forgive me because I'm going to be punished because of all these different things, which none of this reflects that God. Well,
2: and there's something about the the younger son in the prodigal son parable, the prodigal son, who, you know, he's able to overcome his fear and self-loathing at what he's done to go back to the father, you know, because he knows there's something good about the father that, you know, there's enough encouragement there for him in his memory of who the father is. To you know, to make him even consider after everything he's done to offend his father, say you're basically dead to me because I asked for your inheritance before you died. I spent it on everything that's morally and offensive to my people and Mm -hmm. just you know debased myself. But he's not afraid of punishment. He he's more afraid of being hungry (laughs) and and out on his own. And he's able to overcome that. And he's got his whole speech rehearsed as he walks back to his father. And the father won't even hear it. The father right. doesn't even let him tell his speech. The father, it's like just the act of walking back and, and coming back. That's all it took for the father to pour out his extravagant love. And so what my pastor said was, um, you know, in that Jerry Maguire, uh, yes. me, you, had, you had me at hello. Right. That, like this... <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, our Our bishop apparently told our priest, Archbishop Sarton, who is just um, just stepped down from being our bishop here in Seattle, he told his priest, be very, very generous in the confessional. He said, just the fact that someone walked through the door of that confessional, that's it right there. That is a powerful statement.
1: That's basically
2: all, you know, that says it all right there that was really encouraging to me that we don't have to get so hung up. I think, I think about purgatory a lot and like, Oh geez, I know I have so many vices and you know, so much reparation to be made and this is, you know, it's going to take a lot of time in purgatory, but that really keeps me from feeling that freedom of trusting in God's love and, and that movement towards him. And, and kind of, she told one of her sisters in her convent that, um, and this, this other nun was also really hung up on purgatory and, she said, right. you'll get what you expect. If you're expecting to just, you know, trust in God's mercy and, and ask, you know, um, that's what you'll get. And if you're expecting and, and counting on purgatory, you're you're heading there. So <laughs> I think there's something there for us to just know about, you know, run, turning to the Father with love and trust.
1: Right. Well, hey, um, probably what I want to say. Remind everybody out there, you are listening to the mystery of parenthood on Red Sea Catholic Radio, and so, um, and we're here with Sarah Bartell and talking about God's extravagant love. I, as you were talking, I, th- for me, at my age right now, I, I, I'm 54, <laughs> and getting older every every minute. Um, I, I, I find myself having to learn when I look when I read things like this that that God is all he's asking is for you to turn around. <laughs> he's he not he's not asking for all these other things that in our mind I think because we think, we calculate as the world calculates. You know, in in springboarding off what you said that I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to do this and and that stands in the way or I'm not I can't turn back until I do these things or and and we hesitate as opposed to and that's always I, I every time I find myself in that thing, I try to remember Therese is somebody I have great devotion to, that sense of this little child running back and saying, I just, you know, punish me with a kiss then. I mean, <laughs> here I am, you know. <laughs> and not not making an excuse, not doing anything other than I am so sorry and the one thing I don't want is to break a relationship with you. And and that's where i think as parents we've got to we've got to try to get to where our kids understand that it's not about the rules it's not about all the things that we say you should or shouldn't do it's about ultimately a relationship with with god and then amongst us as father mother and daughter and son and brother and sister that that those relationships and the heart of those is really what matters always Running back to one another, not running away from one another.
2: I... That's really great. Yes. I and as you talk too, I just think about how shame is really you know, using shame, shaming our children. That's what's harmful to yes. that relationship of trust. Of course we want to have expectations. Of course we want the shoes to be put away. We want, you know, all the rules for every every appropriate you know, guidance and boundary that we set up. We those are for their good and we need to bring them along to to learn those. But to not shame them when they're broken. Um so that yeah, so their hearts can be open and connected to ours. And
1: And I think so really important. Yeah. And I think so from a parenting standpoint, one of the things that we've always tried to do and we're getting there is is the moral reason why we're asking them to do something. I mean, to explain to them, look, if your stuff is left out there, I mean, your brother or sister could trip over it. You know, it's not it's it's in the way when somebody's trying to, you know, when whoever's going to clean up there, it's in the way. I mean, you 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 give them and so somebody else, you know, one of my favorite ones is, if you leave it there, somebody has to pick it up. I mean, Somebody has to. So why not you? (laughs) I mean, just to just to say, hey, I would rather pick up what I've put there as opposed to making somebody else pick it up as a as an act as a very small act of love. And, you know, trying to get them to think that way, instead of if your shoes aren't picked up, or if this isn't done, then you're going to get you know, this punishment, you're gonna be grounded for a year, or so, you know, or something crazy like that, instead of taking the time to explain why that rule exists and how it's important. And ultimately, it's a way of showing love by just doing it, because you're doing something that would have to be done for somebody else, not just yeah. because it's a rule to follow. So that's really uh, good.
2: I've got a story on the other side of, a. Uh of the generation up about shame and and mess. So I don't know if ahead. Yeah. connect this to the the parable, but um, I've got my in-laws visiting for a few weeks. Uh, They live, they've retired um, and live pretty far away from us. So it's really wonderful to have them with us. It only happens about once a year that we get to see them. But I tell you what, every time we're about to have my in-laws over to visit, um, you know, when that time of year comes up, I think, oh my gosh, my house is such a mess. I haven't washed the, the windows and, you know, oh, she's going to notice, you know, my mother-in-law is going to notice the windows. She has never once commented on our windows. She <laughs> never sees that. And, uh, you know, when I because they're me, always clean
0: yeah, before she gets that's there. Right. <laughs> that's why she didn't say anything, yeah, right?
2: That's the yeah. thing. I'm sorry to say I don't actually clean them. I just <laughs> think about <laughs> okay, <it. laughs> okay Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> uh here to see us. She's here because she loves the grandkids. You know, it's the relationship. It's not all these expectations we put on ourselves. So, yeah, And it's the party. It's like a party when they're over. And that's the theme in these three um, parables, too. It's a great rejoicing and and celebration when the sheep is found, when the coin is found, when the sun is found. And it's just such a beautiful image of the wedding feast of the Lamb, of, of our eternal banquet in heaven. I love that.
0: Isn't there something and to these—I'm sorry, Sarah, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh,
2: no, go ahead.
0: Isn't there something— oh, I'm to just
2: the, going to connect that to the Cana Feast. That's the image mm, my husband Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely so do that. So we use that for our, our ministry. So I just wanted to invite listeners to come check us out on absolutely. uh Yeah, because that's what our, we're trying to do with building up marriage and family life through an online community.
0: Yeah, Sarah, if you want to, you can talk about Cana Feast after every paragraph that you speak on this show. You can bring it up.
1: Yes, Uh, it's totally fine. We're extravagant. Yeah, (laughs) prodigal. Cana Feast. Cana Feast.
0: Anyway. Bless you, bless you. Um, Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say that uh, isn't there something about these three parables where you almost get as you, as you reflect on them more and more, kind of like we're doing this afternoon you almost get this sense of God saying to humanity, I made you, I know you're going to screw up and I almost relish the turning around. I almost want you to not, not, I'm not saying he wants us to, to sin or mess up, but he almost just relishes and cherishes that us going astray. Cause he knows that that's part of our fallen human nature and, and the coming around when we when we turn back around and come home to Him, it, it's it's maybe the the best the best part of His relationship to humanity in a sense. And, and I, I think if I'm remembering the Gospels correctly, yeah, there are other parts of the Gospels where Jesus says something along those lines. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, I think when I when I think of what you're talking about, I think of Mary Magdalene, or yeah. you know, the He's forgiven much. Loves much. Uh, and I
0: think that, that's right. I think we can connect with that as parents. I th- I think that when we have our children, you know, when they really mess up on something, it's sometimes the best is when they come back to you and they, they tell you what they did wrong. They, they tell you the truth. They fess up about what happened and you get to have that, that conversation with them to help guide them through and bring them back into relation, right relationship with you, or right relationship with their siblings, or somebody else um, outside the family that they, you know, maybe wrong somehow. And and there's that there is that palpable fresh sense of starting anew, and and things are are just great, and you're on you're on a high. Mm-hmm. I don't know well, there's a what's
2: sweetness to the trust in that. It's their their trust. And also, um, oh gosh, what is it? There's just a real, how it is powerful. It is almost more sweet and more intimate and it's their choice too, that they've made the choice to turn to you. I think that's, I mean, how can your heart not go out to embrace um, your your child when they do that?
1: Yeah. And I, I I think of one of my sons probably about, that was probably three or four years ago. It may have been five. I mean, goodness, is time's going fast, but, (laughs) but, um. But when he came, he came to us right before we were going to bed and started choking up. And I was like, what's going, I mean, what's going it's on? It's always right you before know? you're going to bed. And and he was like, he was like, you know, I went with so-and-so, I left the neighborhood and went up to the store or whatever. And I, you know, he would never have been caught. Nobody, I mean, nobody knew. And. You know, those are the type of things when they open that window to you. We always Another thing that we always say that parents should do is when you're given the opportunity, when they show vulnerability to you, you know, there's lots of ways you could respond to that. I mean, you could, you know, how dare you? I mean, or whatever. But really, because he came back to restore the relationship that wasn't even broken to our knowledge, but was to him, Mm -hmm. the response was, oh, my gosh, you know, to hug him and say that I'm so... Uh, unbelievably amazed at your at your willingness to come freely and, and say that. So going to confession and building a, a culture of, hey, we're going to proactively go and, and check ourselves against whatever the standard is, the Ten Commandments, do an examination of conscience, and we're going to get to church and go to confession, builds kind of a culture that hopefully will lend itself – to that so that those type of things do happen. Any thoughts on
2: That's right. It just it makes it um it makes it sort of the expectation like we that that's what we do. We we come back. That right. you create a family culture of that and we right. have a culture in the church when we're going to regular confession that of course, you know, the reason we have confession is because we're sinners. No big surprise there. No need to get all you know, uptight and, and ashamed and hide that we'll just get it taken care of. We take our family to confessions. uh We try to go every first Saturday of the month. That's a great um, habit to get. Sometimes that is awesome. things yeah. come up and uh, but we do it so that it's just routine. They can count on it. And it's not this big anxious thing when it's time to go to confession. It's just, and then the little ones, um, you know, we have, Two teenage girls now, ages 13 and 15, and then two young school-age girls, ages nine, 8 and 6. So the eight-year-old's been through her first um, communion right. last year was her sacramental right. year, and she went to to reconciliation. And now she's she's grown up, seeing the whole family sit in that line in front of the the confessional every month. And uh, she knew, you know, when she got old enough, she'd be in that line and going through that door too and that even though know, you know it's not the most comfortable thing in the world to think about when you're you're waiting to go in afterwards feels great and, and it's just it's I love that idea of the Father.
0: of doing it every first Saturday. Yes. That's a that's a that's a really great you, you, cuz you're you're tying into our ladies request to observe yeah. the the first Saturdays the five first Saturdays, you know, at least once that's in right. your life and then on a saturday you know you get done with the family going to confession and then
2: hey, that's that's our
0: lunchtime. You can, you can go out to lunch <laughs> yeah. or go head to the park yeah and you can kind of it's party make a day of it
1: yeah i think that's, that's the funny. and that getting into the getting into the and just habit. setting
0: that on that calendar
1: of the first saturday of the month that's what we do that's like anything else that that is a value you know a date night with your with your spouse or whatever i mean i've kind of you don't put it on the calendar it just doesn't right. happen. But every else, every other thing that's important, mm-hmm. you know, gets put on the calendar, right. you know, every, w- which is in relation to our relationships right. with one another is so small.
0: Just like the church said if if we don't put it on the calendar, we're not going to remember all these great men and women that preceded us in the faith. So we're going to celebrate their feast days. We're going right. to remember oh, their.
1: That. Hey, you're amazing. Oh, yeah. know well, that's what, what happens when you listen to the Mystery of Parenthood on Red Sea Catholic Radio. <laughs> you get zingers like that one is that the, in the, the, the cash i think uh, it's in the cash the cash, cash- Kism, maybe it's fixing to go in there. <laughs> it's, it's in the <laughs> preliminary edits and, I, and you now know you're listening from 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 seattle listen to somebody from texas when they say it's fixing to uh, there you go they, they, they don't say that up in seattle do they
2: what did you just say I don't it's understand. fix
1: okay fix it uh, i'm fixing to means i'm about to <laughs> oh, you've okay. never heard i'm fixing to fixin um, no, I know. I've read it. Okay, that's novel. right. <laughs> western I've novels. read it. I've read it. A Louis L'Amour novel. But anyway, <laughs> now I really do digress. But um, other things that we might learn from this, I'm, I'm going to throw one out there. The and again, you got to be careful with this. But I, but I always, we've always said we're going to try to be known for saying yes to a request. You know, we're oh. we're going to be more, we're going to we're going to attempt to. <laughs> You have to say no, but the no's are way more meaningful if you're known from your kids as a yes or, hey, with disqualification, we'll say yes. But, but we're trying to work towards them getting what they're asking for. We even give them the out. If they can appeal, they can say, hey, let me give you some more information about who's going to be there and this is why I really want to go and those type of things so that they can do it and then be known for people who try to say yes no's are accepted way better that does not mean they go oh yeah (laughs) fully accept your no dad and mom but more often than not if you can say hey say yes i think the prodigal father here now i'm not saying i would (laughs) unload everything and say hey you know 18 year old go have at it here's a bunch of money and and do it but but i think in you know at its core the idea is we should be known for our yeses um it means our nose are way more but we're but it means that we're out to try to help you. But we will say no too. Thoughts about that?
2: That's great. Did you have to was that a stretch for you and your wife, Trey? Um to, you know, maybe say yes to a few more things than you might have you know, have the time or energy for just to be able to save up so that you could save your nose for what those things that really, I think that's,
1: yeah, I do think it's, I think that it's hard. Like I said, to try to parent, to do any of this, the, the simple answer is no all the time. The simple answer is do what I say or else the simple answer, as opposed to explaining why you do it, why it's important that they do it. But the harder way builds up relationships, the harder way, and so we tried to say, okay, well, the other thing that we would do that doesn't necessarily relate to this, but does a little bit, is we we try to catch our kids doing something good. I mean, actively, mm. actively say, I want to I give two compliments for every, hey, you need to f- work on this. And that's, a, you can actually, I mean, I, we used to try to say, okay, we got to find something to compliment them on. And I don't make it up. I mean, if, if they didn't mm-hmm. do it, but find something, hey, you were just, you were so kind to your brother on that, or I saw that you helped on this or whatever, so that they will receive again. I think when they're, when they know you're looking for something good, because everybody knows when, when all they're getting is negative, you know, why aren't you doing this better? You should be doing that. You know, uh, you're going to be punished if you don't. And there's no positive, then that gets old very quickly. And they don't. They start turning, you, tuning you out. I think, but when oh
2: yeah, what a way to shut down. You know that was of course we would shut down and
1: so, uh, really go ahead. Grow
2: your sense of self. I would think after. A while. I mean, it seems like after a, to a, to a certain degree, if that was really extreme, it would be emotional abuse. You know, to right um, just to always criticize, always find you know what they're doing wrong. Maybe mix in some putting down or belittling, and yeah, that just that does seem we try we tried really to crippling.
1: We try to do say we used to try to say okay, we're gonna for every we're, before we criticize, we're gonna do two, <laughs> we're find two good things today, I, even if it's just oh. if it's just a if it's just a little thing. When they were younger, hey, I saw that you picked that up. I mean, just just notice something that's true and that is good. But sometimes I think we can get to the point where we think. Well, that's what they're supposed to do and never, <laughs> set, you know, take, for take that for granted. And and sometimes I think it's it's good to just, you know, you don't have to make a big deal out of it. You just say, hey, I, I noticed how you handled your little brother on that. That's so great. I'm really proud of you. Um,
2: but that's so good, too, because the child feels seen. You know, they feel to to be noticed is really valuable for a child's development, for all of us. We all well, need to to know that, you know, our good deeds are, are, are noticed and appreciated. And
1: and the other thing that I, that I think that I, that I see here, and and it's kind of echoed in the end of the prodigal son, and it's a result of sin is, you know, he overcomes fear, but the, but the result ends up, there's division there, you know, the division that occurs when, when there's fear or some sense of justice separate from love. And so to try to try to let them know that, Hey, we're about the children. We're about unity and unity means we have to come back and we have to welcome those who have offended us. And we have to be willing when we offend to be humble enough to come back because we're meant to be a unified family. We are meant, if we're going to be an accurate sign of, of God, we're meant to be one. But every time we sin, every time we fail at that, we divide our family. And that's, that happens. <laughs> the answer is we've got to come back to one another. Um, I don't know from, as a parent, what I found when I, when things were going really bad in my family, I, after I you know, went through, I'm blaming Stephanie, I'm blaming whatever, you know, I'm blaming the kids I'm blaming the situation, you know, whatever it is, you know, like a good Catholic at some point I was like, okay, ultimately Trey, some of it is your own fault. And the only thing you can take credit for is what's your own fault, and the only thing you can fix is what's your own fault. So as a parent, when things—I don't know—do y'all ever have the sense that things are kind of unraveling? <laughs> I mean, I remember those all the like, time. It's, okay, all the time. so anybody out there, maybe because yeah. that sense of unraveling as a parent, what I found when it was unraveling and I felt like there was nothing and I wanted to point fingers, would I sit everybody down and say, "Look, I'm I'm the father of this family." And, I'm, and I am aware of how this madness is going right now, and this is what is my fault, and this is what I am going to try to change about myself. And I'm going to ask all of y'all to think about what you might be able to do, because we're meant to be more in harmony. We're meant to be more at peace, and I'm failing as a father so sometimes we can't be like God the Father who does everything perfectly. Sometimes the answer is to let your kids see, "Hey, I messed up, or I'm I i did not handle this well," because
2: that's really good to just be able to model for them you taking responsibility. And wow, what a way to help them grow up to be responsible people. Oh, hey,
1: believe me, I don't I don't do that all always, but I have found that usually it's at the point where I'm like the the one eating the the prodigal son eating the pig's slop <laughs> because <laughs> cuz you get so bad that you realize no no matter what I do it's not and then it, it the the it comes and you're like I'm it's always the answer is when you get to your lowest is to just come to your senses and or come uh-huh. to yourself and say I'm at least partially responsible and the only thing I can fix is mine and so I'm going to ask for forgiveness and then I'm going to that's a very catholic christian way. And if you model it enough times, it helps you, but it also is going to help your kids see that. I mean, it's not easy to do. And believe me, there are plenty of times if Stephanie was here that she would say, yeah, you know, you've done that a couple times. <laughs> 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 uh, but anyway, those are other revelations that you would have when you listen to the mystery of parenthood on Red Sea Catholic Radio. <laughs> We're here with Sarah Bartel and, and Thaddeus True over confession. there um, but we're getting, yeah. we're getting towards the end We've got five minutes So did you have any other I mean I've thrown out a few of my, my thoughts Any other things that come to mind With regard to what you could learn from that story
2: Well you know what Maybe we could tie in um, the, the seeking You're t- You just now uh, Trey talked about looking for the good In your kids and <laughs> noticing what they're doing Maybe it's a little thing Maybe it's just worth a penny but it's, it's yes. worth it to you as a father. You know, it's valuable to, to point out, oh, you, uh, you know, you got ready to, to leave the house with, with uh, me just asking you one time. Way to go. I noticed that you did that. You know?
1: <laughs> no, I, I don't. <laughs> and so you, you chuckle. It sounds like such a small thing. But I, I, I challenge everybody oh, out there to just look for those two opportunities. It takes no time to just say, wow, you know, I know you've messed that up before. And, and I noticed today that you handled that really well. You know, I mean, even when they're 18, my, my son came and woke me up. He's to, Well, I'm not going to say what he, 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 I have to take him to his job. So he came and woke me up at 745 on a Saturday morning to get him to work at eight o'clock. I'd totally forgotten. I was like, I, I know you're 18 and I know what my expectation is. If you've got a job, you're going to be there Saturday morning, at eight o'clock. But I really appreciate the fact that you remembered that. I didn't have to wake you up. I didn't have to set an alarm. Whatever I mean, yeah. that's responsible, you know. And even that comp- compliment, half asleep, driving up to the tipsy <laughs> bean, you know, I think meant something to him. I mean, just the fact that hey, you're, you're acting like a young man, you know. Maybe I can trust you to go away from <laughs> college and, <laughs> and do what you're supposed to do. So, anyway.
0: I, I think I that, that. Um, I wish I could do more to um, – Give what am I trying to say here? I think what's amazing about the the father in the story is that he he seems to have this this foresight to be able to say yes to to the younger son mm-hmm. and know wow. that he's gonna yeah i'm gonna go ahead and say yes here, but it's gonna bring about this is this parable is a little example of God bringing about a greater good from an evil and a wrongdoing, and some a lot of times I yeah. struggle with when to when to use the foresight and and just kind of let things yeah, develop, cool. or do I need to, you know, drop the hammer or right. lay down the law here? Um, that that is such a difficult balance to strike for for me, and I'm, I know I'm not saying anything anything new here, but
2: well, no, I that's really. Huge that the father uh, in the, the parable, he's giving up control, he's giving an enormous unwarranted amount of trust to that son, and it's and it's a huge risk, and he's making himself vulnerable. But ultimately, that's the way that makes their relationship, you know, better than it had ever been before, and brings about the means for the older son, who looks on the outside like he's had a good relationship with the father. That opens up the way, you know, when this the parable ends. He's invited to come into the feast. He's invited to come to the Feast of the Father's Love. All that would never have happened without that amount of trust and letting go of control.
1: And again, I think it's just being a purposeful parent is is trying to find those times to say yes. I mean, you have to Mm -hmm. judge, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen here? And if the worst thing could happen here is somebody dies, probably say no. (laughs) But if if the worst thing that could happen is is maybe they see something that they— Shouldn't have But you know You've kind of Checked it out And it's You know It's not Something that's going To affect them forever But it But it Is Let's try to give them The opportunity to do that I let my daughter Do that one time When she wanted me to She actually told me To tell her no (laughs) And I said You're too old You need to tell Your friends no Because it's not The right thing But anyway we're We're at the We're at the end Try to say yes Learn from the prodigal son Sit around with some friends And pray About uh about passages and how what we can learn as parents I think that's a good uh exercise. So Sarah, you want to give us your information wait, yeah, one more time? information we're at the end. Can- yeah,
2: I want to invite all the husbands and wives out there to come to the feast that my husband and I are developing with the Cana Feast Ministry. So canafeast.com uh follow along and we're just building out the beautiful community of supporting Catholic um marriage and parenthood. There's lots, lots for you to
1: discover there. Fantastic. So we'll have that up, but Cana Feast is the place to go. Com. So um, as we wrap up here, the, the verse I want to use is, uh, let's see, let's do Luke chapter 15, verse 7. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. And um, also just remember, pray for us. We'll be praying for you. Um parent with a purpose, but pray. See this one? I need my wife here. Pray, parent with a purpose and prepare for God to amaze you. And he will. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening and God bless.